0: everyone that if they have a substance use disorder to have 24 hours drug and alcohol free before they come in the cafe and we ask everyone to attend what we call a recovery circle which is a small loving accountability support group
1: hello and welcome i'm laurie hardy thanks for listening in as we talk to leaders in our community Today I have with me David Coffey with the Recovery Cafe in Seattle. Welcome, David Coffey, <laughs> to Spotlight. I'm having a hard time believing your name is Coffee. Is that true?
0: Uh, it is. I, I tell people that I had to change my name to get the job. <laughs> it, it, my last name is Coffee at Recovery Cafe.
1: Oh, that's so great. We, David works at the Recovery Cafe in Seattle, and what is your position there?
0: I'm the executive director.
1: And can you tell us about the Recovery Cafe, what it is, what it does? Sure. Uh,
0: Recovery Cafe is a recovery support center in Seattle, primarily for homeless and formerly homeless people. At any given time, about 70% of the people coming to the cafe are homeless or have experienced homelessness. What that looks like pre-COVID is we're a a gathering place and we're a membership organization where people agree to live by the principles of the cafe and with that comes their rights responsibilities as a member of the cafe and that includes we ask everyone to be a contributor everyone that if they have a substance use disorder to have 24 hours drug and alcohol free before they come in the cafe and we ask everyone to attend what we call a recovery circle which is a small loving accountability support group usually about seven to ten people and it's generally speaking the same people that meet every week and they all have a trained facilitator and we, we use the recovery coach model for our facilitators and that's really, so many of our, the people come to Recovery Cafe have suffered significant trauma in their lives, particularly as children and often at the hands of people who are supposed to take care of us. And we are a firm believer that trauma that is not transformed is transmitted. And so we really want to be a place that helps people process trauma and come out on the other side. And we do that through our community of radical hospitality, in a sense, uh, loving people back to life.
1: Radical hospitality. I love that.
0: Thanks. We're very committed to it.
1: So somebody is maybe, are they living on the streets and they just decide they want to come in? They've been drug free for 24 hours. What happens when they come to the door? So
0: we want to warmly greet people and um, tell them about what Recovery Cafe is. Invite them to be our guest for the day. And I should say, you know, if, if I came to the door and i I smelled like I've been drinking or my behavior suggested I've been drinking. Then it would be a conversation. Any 12-step meeting, the only requirement to attend is a desire to stop using. And we do have 12-step meetings at the cafe at night. So invite people to go to that 12-step meeting. And then when they have 24 hours, come back to the cafe so they can be our guests for the day. And so, again, this is pre-COVID. We have lunch and dinner Monday through Saturday. And so you can have a meal. We have different classes going on. We have a latte hour, all the coffee you can drink. Hmm. And a lot of other partner organizations come to the cafe to connect with our population. So, for example, Fair Start recruits for their employment programs. The King County Nursing Corps comes and does a clinic for our people. Just a, I mean, I could talk for hours about the cafe, so you'll have to cut me off. <laughs> it's, it's a really sort of great gathering place but at its core is creating that sense of authentic relationship and community for people.
1: It is so important because we know when drug addicts are in deep in their addiction, their families usually don't want much to do with them and they really don't have a place to go. So if they want to get clean and sober before their family is going to trust them again, this is a great next step.
0: Oh, you're absolutely right. Uh, so often I think what happens, some people get stuck in this. You finish treatment and you're told, don't go to any of the old places. Don't go hang out with anyone you used to hang out with. Go get sober. And that is a really lonely isolating place. Isolation is a huge trigger for relapse. So I think you're, at, you're absolutely right. If, you, if, if you're going to be on the recovery journey, it's way better to do that with others.
1: And speaking of isolation, I had told you in the beginning, I'm also a recovery coach. And what I have been amazed with, with the gals that I've been coaching is everything about COVID goes against recovery, isolation, uh, staying in one place all the time. And Mm -hmm. also, you know, usually when you first start in recovery, they don't want you working full time because they want you to work on your recovery. And all of these gals are essential workers, so they are working tons of overtime, and yet they are so committed to their recovery. And they all started at the cafe.
0: Oh, that's awesome. You really truly made the best people in the world at the cafe. I, I'm a firm believer.
1: Here's the thing is that when you are struggling with alcohol and drugs, you look a certain way and people judge you a certain way. And I think that being in a place that can just like you said, radical hospitality, radically love you, it makes all the difference in feeling accepted and not shamed. And I know some of these services, they really try to do good work, but sometimes they are actually kind of mean (laughs) to the homeless people who are drug addicts because, you know, sometimes they act irrationally.
0: Yeah, I I think that's true. A little bit of our special thought that Many of our staff and our community people have been there, they, so they, they know what those shoes feel like to stand in. And, and so that, I think that gives us a, an extra dose of compassion and understanding that is really helpful in terms of connecting with people, especially when they first initially come to the cafe. And one of the things, I wish I could show you pictures right now, but the other thing it's a really beautiful space, that's another piece. We were, We really want people to feel like your life matters. You are worthy of good things. Mm-hmm. You're worthy of a beautiful space. You're worthy of being treated with kindness and respect. Uh, and a lot of people, the world has not treated well, and they don't feel that way when they first come to the cafe.
1: Yeah. and And I think that they are so surprised when people just love them and treat them with respect because they're so not used to it.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, maybe in a, a little story that I think illustrates what you're saying. You, you know, we have that 24-hour drug and alcohol-free rule. You know, relapse is often a part of the recovery process. We had a member who relapsed, and traditionally when he relapsed, he went uh, on a bender for months. Mm. Like, w- he, when he relapsed, he relapsed hard. And in this case, it was a one-day relapse, uh, and he came back, and our founder asked him, what What was different? Why did you come back after one day? And he said, this is the first time in my life I felt like somebody cared. Ugh. And so that's, we want to be that. So, yeah, people make mistakes, but just get 24 hours and get back in here. You're part of our community.
1: You offer them grace. That is amazing. Now, um, COVID has changed a lot of things. And I know that in, in Seattle, they can't come in the building. Is that correct?
0: Yes. We've moved. The majority of our recovery support is now via telephone. And then we have some virtual support. We have like an online Pathways to Recovery meeting, and we have some Zoom recovery circles. We're working on building more, creating more. There's some technology challenges for some of our members to get on those. But so for the what it looks like for the cafe right now is telephone support to our members on a weekly basis, the opportunity to join things like Facebook Live and LinkedIn events that we do. And then we also are giving meals, to go meals away every day for two hours a day. And today is an example. Once a month, we do a resource connection day. So today we had several organizations all set up in booths outside the cafe. <laughs> and we had the King County COVID testing team there. And they tested over 65 people for COVID. Wow. Yeah. And so we're really trying to, and then we just give people. So for a lot of our homeless crew, they, it, they feel utterly abandoned right now out there mm-hmm. you know it's it's much more difficult to get people into shelter and a lot of services are a lot not just due to COVID; they're much more restricted so the more that we can reach out to people and say hey we still love you your life still matters we're gonna get through this and the more we can connect you with Really vital things like face masks, and we—that's a big part of what we want to do. That, that actually was today was our uh, resource fair for the month of July.
1: So they can come and get a meal, even like, do you just do lunch or do you do lunch and dinner?
0: Um, it's it's we 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 have it available from uh, twelve thirty to two thirty every uh, day. Okay, but it's we try to put enough in there for two meals.
1: Oh, I see, and I I imagine that with COVID. Um, you're probably needing financial support.
0: Well, thank you for that question, Lori. As a matter of fact, we are in the process of raising funds, and every donation is so welcome and appreciated. Also, you know, that is a moment of grace that we're grateful for. Just to build out, like, the, the telephone support for a lot of our um, staff and members, we we bought phones, and now we're doing phone plans, and then getting tablets and things for people supporting this daily lunch program are all things that we're in the uh, process of raising funds for. So I appreciate the question.
1: Well, and I think if you have people that have been in recovery and they're leading the groups because they've been in recovery, they're probably, you know, just kind of been getting on their feet. So computers and phones and big things like that probably aren't quite in their wheelhouse yet. And so that seems like a really good way to support them, to help them support. The ones that are just newly uh, getting into recovery.
0: Yes. Yes. Well said.
1: So I, I often think about this. So many times parents will say to me, I don't know what to do. And I always say, donate to an organization that's helping them. Don't give them money. And so this is a really good time. So if you have someone in your family that's struggling with drugs or alcohol, this is a way you can support them. Support the cafe, and who knows, maybe one day that's where they will get the help they need.
0: Yes, I, I, I really think that's an excellent approach. The other thing, uh, our volunteer opportunities are fairly limited right now. But we also, for people who have a, a loved one that's struggling, if they want to volunteer at the cafe, we welcome that. Because often that's a way where you can contribute toward it. Maybe it's not your own child that you're helping, but you're part of the solution for others, which that seems to speak to several of our volunteers.
1: I know that with COVID, you don't have people in there, but you talked about membership. So can you explain that a little? If they become a member, then how do they contribute?
0: Pre-COVID, what that looked like is uh, we really couldn't run without our members. Our members help prepare meals. Our members help clean up after meals. Our members help welcome people, help do our classes, help facilitate our groups. So our, our members are really a clutch part of the whole operation. And we're not hovering over people with a clipboard saying, did you volunteer today? <laughs> it's, a, it's an invitation. And it's exciting to see the chore board fill up fairly quickly before we eat. What membership looks like right now is providing that weekly telephone support. And then also through that, often we, people indicate they need help with, for example, food delivery. So we've been able to connect people who can't leave their apartments food deliveries to other sort of troubleshooting that we can do for people as we learn what they need via the phone. Sorry, we, we don't really at this point have a major service component while we're in this time, but we're working on it.
1: Yeah, I know that they love to give back. Once they've been helped, they can hardly wait to do something to help others. And being of service, it really kind of changes who you are.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That's why it's one of the core tenets of it what we want people to experience at the cafe
1: do you have any other stories you like to tell you know i i, I think one of my, I have two
0: two great stories <laughs> I, he said totally unbiased um <laughs> talking about the service work we we had a member for a long time who um would always want to volunteer in the kitchen and we finally got to a point where we said john and john is not his name <laughs> John, we love you, but it is not working for you to volunteer in the kitchen because every day there'd be some battle, like uh, someone stacked nine dishes rather than ten, or they put the (laughs) colander away and it wasn't totally dry. What really was a good solution for John was um, helping to sweep at the uh, end of the night, where you just have a lot less interaction with other people that way. So he was still contributing, and it just worked better for everybody.
1: I love that. So just
0: kind of picture that person for a minute. And for a, a long time we had a women's survivor of trauma group and then we had a men's group because men will not go to a men's survivor of trauma group. I just think that's thing about men. And so imagine the gentleman I just told you about, he was in this group. And then we had a gentleman who was, I think, in his early 70s. And he had had a long, long period of recovery and then had relapsed. Really, the whole thing had come unraveled for him. I always feel it's kind of not fair that in the universe, it's so much work to put a life back together, but it can come apart so quickly. Yeah. But, and that had happened for this gentleman. So he'd been homeless for about a week, and, and he ended up sitting in this group with this other member I told you about. And then we didn't know about this until much later. John ended up taking this gentleman to his apartment so that he could get cleaned up. And this gentleman was so frail, he couldn't wash his own feet. So our John, who we literally had to referee a battle with for about you know, three weeks in the kitchen, Wash his feet for him. And to me, that's the real power of the cafe. Wow. We have a really good-looking executive director. Great. I'm joking. With you. Would that be you? <laughs> yeah. You know, really sharp board, great staff. But the real power of the cafe is the person with two years of recovery, talking to the person with two months of recovery, talking to the person with two days, mm-hmm. who sits next to someone in a 12-step meeting and says, David, you've got two hours right now, get another 22 hours and come on into the cafe. That's the real ripple effect, you know? Um, So I I just say that. And then the other kind of, since you asked, one of my other favorite stories is, you know, as you know, it's a process. Things don't happen overnight. We say it takes as long as it takes. And just, gentlemen, kind of as a a typical art, a lot of times when people first come to the cafe, they don't make any eye contact. They really engage very little. Like They get their meal, they eat, they do what they have to do. They go to the group and that's about it. And then over time, they really begin to engage. And so we had a member who that was his story when he first started, no eye contact, sat in a corner off by himself. And about eight months later, this was in our first cafe, which was about the size of a person stamp, (laughs) I was leaving and he said, David, where are you going? I said, I'm going to our offsite office. I've got to write a grant. And he said, man, I didn't know we had an offsite office. And I just love that. That sense of ownership of the cafe (laughs) that like, of course he should know we have an offsite office because he's a part of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that, you know, that, that, that did not happen in a blink. That was months and months, but, um, It does happen. Recovery should be expected. It happens, and it's a wonderful thing.
1: It is a wonderful thing. And when you see people get homes, get get their kids back, get their lives back, get jobs, it is so rewarding to witness that journey. And like you say, relapse is part of the journey. And I think that sometimes people will see someone in their family do really good, like for a year, maybe two And then they relapse, and so then they they really cut them off, which is understandable, but at least they have this place to go where they know they're loved, even if they've messed up.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So if somebody wanted to donate to the Recovery Cafe, what's the best way to do that?
0: The easiest and fastest way would be they could go on our website, which is www.recoverycafe.org, and it's really easy to find the Donate button. Okay. or if people would prefer to send a check, or uh, they can send it to my attention, so that David's coffee, like you drink in the morning, and <laughs> our at Recovery Cafe, and our address is 2022 4 Ave, Seattle, Washington nine eight one two one. Again, that's two zero two two four and Ave. Uh, Seattle, Washington, 98121.
1: I'll put that in the show notes. My son was in recovery with the Matt Talbot Center, and oh, yeah. which he was staying at the church around the corner. So mm-hmm. I I think he stopped in a few times. but um, So we walked by there a lot of times, like on the weekend when you were closed.
0: Yeah, well, if, you, if you're ever in town, I'd love to show it to you in person. Awesome. We can
1: wear our masks and I'll kind of give you the grand tour. That would be so great. Well, thank you so much. Thank
0: you. Everyone, That if they have a substance use disorder, to have 24 hours drug and alcohol free before they come in the cafe. And we ask everyone to attend what we call a recovery circle, which is a small, loving accountability support group.
1: David, you talk about radical acceptance and radical hospitality. And I love that so much because welcome is such a big deal. And people that are struggling with homelessness drugs and alcohol, they don't get a big welcome. And we understand that people are afraid, especially if their behavior is a little crazy. But here's a place that can help them find the resources they need, help them feel loved and accepted and even cherished, and then give them a place to serve and a way to help others. I think that's so amazing. What's your biggest need right now?
0: Supporting this daily lunch program.
1: And people can support that by going to the recoverycafe.org, and there's a donate button. And if you're in Seattle, you can drive around, check it out. You'll see people around the building because now they can't go inside. So they're serving lunch outside, and that is the biggest expense right now is food in order to feed these people who have been used to having a daily meal and daily conversation as well as connection at the Recovery Cafe. If you want more information, you can go to therecoverycafe.org. If you have an addict that needs some help, you can direct them there. If you want to talk to somebody because you have a family member that you're concerned about, you can stop in and have a conversation, of course, with a mask these days. One other thing that I want to talk about briefly is recovery coaching. This is a type of coaching that helps the addict get their own plan. So many services that the addict can access, they have to jump through hoops. And of course, because they want to keep them sober. But once they get a recovery coach, that coach will help them make a plan and support them and help them get where they're going, whether it's a job, getting their kids back, going to school. It's an amazing, amazing program. And if that's something you might be interested in, maybe you've thought about becoming a recovery coach. There are trainings throughout the year. Now, it's been a little different with COVID, but you can go online, which I will put in the show notes. It's a program called CCAR. They are the ones who created the program. But also, in Everett, once or twice a year, there is in-person training. So if that's something you're interested or you know somebody that might be interested in, recovery coaches can always be used. Now, usually we like it to be a recovering addict, but sometimes if you're a counselor or already a coach and you get it, you understand that it's not having an agenda. It's all about supporting, cheerleading, and helping them move forward with their next and keeping them connected with services, holding them accountable to going to their groups, making sure they meet once a week, sometimes every other week. As a recovery coach, it has been so awesome for me to see how this works and see for me, women, not getting their lives back, but getting new lives. And during COVID, as I mentioned, it's been a bigger challenge for recovery. Even to get into rehab has been very difficult because of COVID. They don't want to bring in new people. So having a recovery coach to touch base, keep in touch and reflect to them their growth, because often when they start to get well, they don't realize how far they've come. They just realize how far they have to go. So a coach helps them keep in touch with... Look how far you've come and look at the goals you are going to accomplish and encouraging them to stick with it. Keep on the journey. So having a recovery coach is a good thing, and that's what money will go to recovery coach training as well. If you support the cafe and if you're interested in becoming a recovery coach, you can reach out to the recoverycafe.org. So, David, what brought you to the recovery cafe? You
0: know, it was pure grace. I was moving to Seattle and looking for a job, and I had heard someone sent my resume to the founder of Recovery Cafe. The founder is uh, Killian Noh. I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time, and she had helped co-found Meriden Inns in Washington, D.C., and so I actually thought someone was playing a joke on me when I got an email from Killian seeing if I'd be interested in interviewing for a job at Recovery Cafe because I knew of her from her work in D.C. So I'd like to say I scoured the land for the best job in the world, but it was pure grace. And it really lined up well with I'm, I'm passionate about everyone, is given the proper resources and support, has so many gifts to share in the world. And that's really what Recovery Cafe is all about is we know everyone has gifts to share. We just got to give each person the opportunity to find those gifts and share them
1: and what makes you so interested in recovery several
0: things um personally i uh alcohol is alcoholism has played a pretty devastating role on my father's side of the family and so i have a dream that someday there'll be a recovery cafe in denver where i'm from but really i think there should be a recovery cafe everywhere and then also and you we've talked about this before it's just such a gift to see when People embrace the recovery journey, and like you said, you get they get their kids back, they get a good job, and you see them going back and helping the newcomer on the journey. And I, it's just such a fulfilling gift to be a part of that on a regular basis.
1: I agree, and boy, I agree there should be one in every town. In fact, if somebody wants to have a recovery cafe, what, what would they do if they wanted to start one in their area? Great question.
0: Google Recovery Cafe Network. Or just go to recoverycafe.org, www, and there's a link there. And we, there's a whole website that explains how to become a Recovery Cafe Network member, and we'll put you in touch with people that you can talk to about it. Uh, but So it all starts with that website and just filling out the basic information form.
1: I'm Lori Hardy. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making big differences in our community.